Come on, it's a good Sunday. Hey, if I've not had the honor of meeting you yet, my name is Garrett Metz, I'm the youth director here at Thrive Church. So excited to be here with you guys today. We are in a series called He Knows. Before I get started, there's a couple things that I kind of have to talk about, get through, okay? Number one, Pastor Sheldon and Michelle are in the building. Usually I don't get to do this and honor them, but they're here today. Can we just honor them for their leadership of Thrive Church? Amen. We're so thankful for the way they steward this church and lead this church and um, for the amount that they're pouring into us. And so, Pastor Sean, just want to say thank you and honor you in that. Number two, y'all, I'm a huge words of affirmation guy. I love hearing good words, okay? So, Here's the thing, we watch football, we get excited, okay? We cheer for the Packers, we cheer for our favorite sports team, we get loud, okay? We gonna cheer for Jesus, we get loud, okay? So if I say anything that you agree with or like, come on, amen, let's practice. Hey, look at your neighbor real quick, say that'll preach. Hey, look at your other neighbor, that's good. Amen, come on, y'all, it's gonna be good. I got a hallelujah in the front row, okay. It's, it's gonna be one of those days. The Lord gonna do something. I got it. I got it. Hey, we've been in a series called He Knows uh, where we talk about uh, how Jesus knows our lives because he was human too. Pastor Sheldon kicked it off last week and we've been talking about temptation. He knows our temptation. If you missed last week, maybe you weren't in the building or if you're watching online, you can head over to our website. We have all our podcasts up to date there. You can catch up on the series. This week, um, we have been using kind of an anchoring verse for the series and it's Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16. It says, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So the title today is He Knows Our Injustice, right? Injustice is one of those things and we go through life and it's kind of tough, right? Like not everything is going our way. We face trials, we face tribulations. It gets uncomfortable, uncertainty, right? And the good thing is we have somebody in heaven who understands all the things we go through. That's why I love Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 through 16. It says that when we receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to John chapter 16, verse 33, right? Jesus knows our lives. Jesus is talking in this verse and here's what he says. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. It's coming. There ain't nothing you can do to stop it. You're gonna go through some things, okay? Y'all with me? Say yes. Y'all gonna have some trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Those are the words of Jesus, come on. Let me break that down. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Here's the thing about peace. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems, it's found in his presence. You don't get peace just by not ex- going through some things and, and experiencing problems. Even if you're going through something, you can still find peace in his presence. It's not about your job, it's not about your mom, not in your, da- your dad, your brother, your sister, your girlfriend, or your wife. Your girlfriend or wife might be super pretty, but if you ain't got Jesus, you got nothing. You got nothing. 
We sang about it tonight or today, excuse me. We sung about it today, right? He is our God. It's what he does. He saves. It was never about perfection or performance or showing up and, and being the best Christian possible, right? It could only be his blood that saves. So if I had to title this message, anything other than he knows your injustice, here's what it would be, okay? Everything is gonna be all right. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, everything is gonna be all right. Look at your other neighbor and say, hey, I got your back. Hey, let's pray real quick. Can we do that? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence today, Father. Lord, I pray that just as we're opening our hearts right now, Father, that we, re- we would be ready to receive the word that you have for us, Father. Lord, I pray against any distraction or, or any barrier that keeps us from you this morning, Lord. And you just remove that out of the way, Lord. Give us a heart that's ready to receive. Give us ears that are ready to hear your word, Lord, so that we can walk out better than when we walked in, Father. Lord, we wanna see a move of your spirit, Lord. Let not this message be a, a, an example of a crafted a word, Lord, um, but a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord. Work in us and through us this morning to bring glory to you. And all God's people said, amen. Here's something you need to know about me, okay? Here's what you need to know about me. I am not built for a roller coaster, okay? I hate roller coasters. Like, uh uh-uh, not me, terrible. The fair, never hopping on a roller coaster. I can't do it, I can't do it, okay? So I have family in Springfield, Missouri. That's only a short drive from Branson, Missouri. If you've ever been to Branson, they have a thing called Silver Dollar City. So we went down to Missouri one time and we hopped, over to the cousin's house and the cousins are like, we're gonna go to Silver Dollar City and we're gonna ride all the roller coasters. You gonna ride all the roller coasters. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't wanna do anything that turns upside down, does a loop, I'm out. I can't do it. So we get to Silver Dollar City and my cousins, they're terrible people, they don't know the Lord. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) They're great people, they're just liars. So I get into the line with them and if you've ever been to like an amusement park, the lines are way too long. I don't know how y'all go to Disneyland because I couldn't do it because I, I can't wait. I'm too impatient. It's too hot. It's like, you know, the humidity is awful. And they're like, let's wait in a, in a line for a three minute ride, but we're gonna sit here for an hour. It's not, it doesn't make any sense to me. So we're in line. And they're like, this one doesn't go upside down. Right, I'm a trusting individual, I believe you, okay? Yes, why would you lie to me, cousins? I love you dearly. We get to the point where like, you know, you ever get into a line and you're like, oh, there's no turning back now, we're here. (laughs) This is it, this is the moment. We got to about halfway through, probably 30 minutes of waiting, and I hear the overhead speaker announcement guy go, yeah, da, 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 and it flips, and it does a loop and a barrel roll. And I go, huh? And I look at my cousin and I go, did he just say it goes upside down? And they're like, yeah. Lord, I just pray for them right now. <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> At them, here's the thing, life is like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're going uphill, right? You're at the top, it's great. The view's amazing, everything's going amazing. You're having the time of your life and sometimes you're going downhill too fast and you wanna get off. My encouragement is you cannot get off the roller coaster of life. 
if nothing's going your way, you ever been in that moment where nothing's going your way? Like everything is against you, no matter what, nothing you can do, you can't get ahead. Everything's snowballing and compiling, it's one thing after another. There's a law for that, okay? You maybe have heard of the saying, uh, how many of you guys know what Murphy's Law is? Just a show of hands. Okay, Murphy's Law says this, it says, what can go wrong will go wrong, okay? Now, how many know what Cole's Law is? That is, it's just thinly sliced cabbage. I heard the dads laugh. I appreciate that one. That's for you dads. Um, here's the thing. A lot of times, life, life gets crazy, okay? Things happen. Uncertainty. We're going downhill. We want to hop off. We feel like we're speeding out of control. We can never catch up. It's too much. I had a moment recently where my car broke down in the worst possible spot, Okay? the intersection that goes into Walmart, right? Like you turn off of, off of like, I think it's a Rimond Drive, right? And you turn into and head straight towards Walmart and there's those three stop signs and the, the coming in and they just go. I was gonna make a left to leave Walmart and I, I hit the gas and it stopped. Like just died in the middle of the intersection. Here's the worst part. I didn't know what to do. I drive a Dodge Durango you can't necessarily just push that for fun, okay? Like that's a, you need three people at least. And people at Walmart aren't the most helpful people. <laughs> they, they get in, get out, see you later. So people are like looking at me and they're angry that I'm in the road, like I parked there on purpose. Yes, because this is what I wanted to do on a Wednesday afternoon was park myself in the middle of Walmart, right? And so people are driving by and I call my dad up. I'm like, hey dad, I need your help. He's like, cool, I'll be there in 10 minutes. My dad comes up. I, at some point, a lady's trying to help me jump the truck and it's not working. Um, and, and so he comes and he goes, hey, we'll push it. This is the funny part. My uncle pulls up and my uncle gets out of the car and he goes, oh, that was you stuck in the middle of it? I passed you, I didn't think it was you. I went, you ignored me? Man, I have a new favorite uncle now. <laughs> Y'all, I'll tell you what, somebody's getting one less Christmas present this year. <laughs> but what, to wrap that up, I came back to the office because it was a work day uh, and Pastor Sheldon and I had a conversation. I told him what had happened. We didn't know what was wrong with it. Um, and I just remember feeling incredibly at peace about it. That like, even in the middle of like, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, one of the most inconvenient moments, right? My truck is now parked at Walmart. Everybody, I was an inconvenience to everybody trying to get to their, their food and groceries and whatnot at Walmart. Um, and I remember feeling so at peace that God was gonna do something. We had a conversation in the office about this where I said, I don't, I don't get it, but I'm not upset. Like, I, God's gonna do something here. God's got this. And so uh, if you got your Bibles, turn to Psalm 23. That's what we're, we're gonna kind of live here, just the first couple of verses of Psalm 23. Here's the thing you need to know is that God is always working, okay? Whether you feel it, or not, whether you're in worship and you can feel the emotion and your hands are raised or you're in this room and you don't feel it or you can't connect, God is always working. When you enter the crossroads in life, right? The moments where you have to make a decision, the moments where you have to decide which way you're going, the person you're gonna type of be, when you walk into trials and tribulations, right? The things that aren't going our way or we don't know what to do, God is always working. I call these things valley experiences. Okay, those moments when you're in the valley and life is just not going your way, right? Everybody is gonna experience valley experiences, seasons where they feel like they're in the valley. It's a part of life. But I need you to know this, 
that if you're in a valley season right now, if you're in that moment where you feel like you're experiencing some valleys in life, that he is right there with you. I think someone is in a valley in this morning. I don't know who it is, but there is someone in a valley this morning and you're pretending to know what you're gonna do next, but the reality is you have zero idea. You are so uncertain of what the future may hold, how it's gonna turn out, what decision you have to make. You don't know how you're gonna get through it, but I need you to know that he knows your pain and your injustice and he's here with you and he sees you. That's my encouragement is that he knows your pain and he sees you and he cares about you because that's who he is. That's what he does. He saves. Psalm chapter 23, verse one through four says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me besides quiet waters. By the way, this is my favorite. I'm just gonna stop. This is where I wasn't gonna stop, but I love this. Um, this is his promise that he's gonna find places for us to rest. That he's gonna lead us beside quiet waters where we can restore and renew. He provides, that's who he is. Verse three, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Another translation says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Man, I love how David phrases the valley of death. Like I, that's the next blockbuster movie coming to Marcus Theaters this year. Come on, man. It's, that's, he on some like Lord of the Rings stuff, bro that valley of death, right? But there's a key word in here. There's a key word that says the valley of the shadow of death. Hey, that valley you're walking in, it ain't nothing but a shadow. It ain't nothing but a shadow. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't nothing but a shadow. That, uh, that situation you're in, it ain't nothing but a shadow. That situation that, that you're going through and you don't see a way through, it ain't nothing but a shadow. So it got me thinking, it got me thinking, what's the definition of a shadow? You ready for this? You ready for this? Shadow. A dark area or shape produced by a body coming between rays of light and a surface. For there to be a shadow, there needs to be light. And I know in the book of John, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. Come on, y'all. You in that shadow season? Hey, he's gonna do something because he's there with you. There's light in the valley of the shadow of death and he's gotta do it. David, David, David's walked through some valley seasons. He, uh, he fought some giants. But let me tell you, when you're in that valley season, in that shadow, he right there with you. That giant's gotta fall. That situation has to be worked out. He's working all things together for our good. How do we know this? How do we know that God's working things together for our good? Because he's done it before. He's doing it right now in people's lives. He's gonna do it again. If we take a look back all the way back to even the Egyptians, or uh, excuse me, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, right? The Egyptians are chasing, chasing the Israelites and they get to the Red Sea and there's no way, right? There's no way through it. There's no way around, they're trapped. Hey, you're in a season right now where you don't see a way around? Oh, he's gonna make a way through it. He's gonna make a way, that's who he is. Exodus chapter 14, um, the Israelites are out of Egypt and they're like, yeah, Moses, Moses, he's our guy, right? Like they're hyped up. They're finally out of slavery and they're onto the promised land. They're heading that direction. And it says that the Israelites turned around and looked behind them. 
and they saw the Egyptian army coming after them. Just a real quick note, there's always gonna be somebody who looks back. There's always gonna be somebody who looks back into that season of life and says, I wish we could have stayed there. But I wanna encourage you that God is doing something new. God's bringing you from something and putting you into his will in alignment, right? So that season where he's moving you, don't look back at what you had. Look forward to what he's doing, right? Here's the thing, we drive a car, right? The rear view mirror is smaller for a reason. The rear view mirror is smaller for a reason. What's behind you cannot compare to what God's gonna do in front of you. Come on. So here's what happens. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 through 16. Here's how Moses responds. The Israelites see the Egyptians and they're like, kill Moses, get rid of him. How, how dare, like you let us out here just to die? We could have died back there. At least we would have been more comfortable. Here's what Moses says. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Hey, sometimes y'all, we don't need to fix a situation. We need to be still and let God do the fighting, okay? It says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? That's a funny response, Lord. Why are you crying right now? Chill out. Tell the Israelites to move on. 16, raise your staff and stretch your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Here's the thing. God may not do what you expect him to, but he's still doing something. He may not be moving in the way you want him to. Sometimes we pray prayers, let God remove the problem, remove the situation, instead of, hey, God, make a way through the situation. God, teach me something in this situation. Sometimes we need to not pray away problems, um, but to pray into perspective, that we're learning more and growing more like the Lord. If you know me and you know my family, at three and a half, I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. It's a type of cancer. Okay. At three and a half, would have been like uh, 2001, 2002. Um, that's not great time frame for like medical diagnosis. And even in that point in time, they didn't necessarily know what I had. Um, what had happened was they had diagnosed me as having mono. And my mom fought, as any mama will, uh, we don't have a diagnosis. Uh, it's not mono, I know that. There's something telling me that it's not mono. If you do not figure out what it is, we are gonna lose this child. So they sent me to a children's hospital in Marshfield and uh, they went through, did the diagnosis, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. That began a season of life for me, for my family, for my parents. That is a valley experience. We've all had loved ones who, who have experienced something similar to that story. But there was a moment in the middle of this valley experience um, where my mom was telling me the story and I was sitting, uh, you know, you go to like a, a medical room, like in a doctor in the examination room and they're, they kind of leave you in there alone and you kind of play with all the stuff. You take a rubber glove and you blow it up and you turn it into whatever, right? Balloon animals. Um, and they have that spinny stool. Now they tell you you can't sit on that, right? For like liability reasons. 
I was sitting on the stool, three and a half, maybe four. And I looked at my mom and I said, mom, don't worry. God is healing me and the doctors are too. Now, I don't know what valley experience you're walking through. And I'm not saying that God's putting you through this valley to teach you something, um, that there's a reason for it. But as a product of valley seasons, and now on this platform, helping you walk through valley seasons, I don't know why I walked through that. I don't know why that was a thing. I don't, what's happened to you is unfair. The pain you're feeling, the hurt, the uncertainty, the, the lack of vision for the future, it's unfair. It's not for you. It's not on purpose. It's not from God. But I know that I'm gonna let God use it for good. And so if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't know why you're walking through it right now. But my encouragement is that you would allow God to use it for his purpose and his good, redeem it. Because the same God that was with David in his valley is the same God that's in there with you. Here's what I also love about what David said. Here's what I love. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through it, here's what happens. We get hurt and then we stop. We quit moving forward. We quit persevering. We quit dreaming and hoping, right? Hey, the last few years have been crazy. Some of us have gotten hurt. I would say many of us have gotten hurt. Here's the reality. You can't stop and put up a tent in the valley of the shadow of death. Some of y'all are camped out there right now because maybe you feel like you deserved it. Maybe you think that's all you're worth. Maybe you think this is all that's ever gonna happen for you. And so you put up a tent in the valley of the shadow of death and you can't see the under, other end of the valley right now. You can't do that. But I'm gonna tell you that some of y'all need to start eating on the other side of the valley of the shadow of death today. Some of y'all need to leave the campsite. Some of y'all need to leave what you put up in this season of life and start moving on to what God is doing on the opposite side of the valley. Don't put up a tent in a season of life that's not permanent. I also love that David starts with this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. My, emphasis on my. He was letting you know who he believed, what he believed and how he made it and how you could make it. I'm not gonna get up here and tell you exactly what you have to do. Here's step-by-step step the process. But I'm gonna point you to the one who can. The Lord is my shepherd. He's responsible for me. He's the authority in my life. His provision is for me. He's responsible for taking care of me. David believed that. Here's the thing. David also would have understood that because before he ever became a king, he was a shepherd. He would have had to fight off things. He would have protect the flock, right? He'd have to be responsible for the sheep, their protection, their provision. So I think David understood this concept of being a shepherd more than anybody. And so when he writes, the Lord is my shepherd, he's telling you, God provides for me. He's gonna protect me. That's how he made it. And I think that's how you can make it. That's how you can make it out of the valley is if you have a shepherd. You see, there is a God who loves you, who endured injustice for you. This is an Easter series, so I, I think I'd be doing us a disfavor if I didn't mention an Easter story. And it's a super brief moment as we close today. Right, Jesus is heading to the cross. 
Jesus is going to be crucified. The betrayal has already happened. They've arrested him. And then the story gets interrupted by a character that has zero, almost zero significance. Like he pops up and then he disappears. And his name is Barabbas. And we don't know a lot about Barabbas, but we do know that he is the leader of an insurrection. He's a murderer. He's an overall thug. And in this moment, Jesus is standing in front of Pilate and he says, where do you come from? And so Pilate, who is responsible for the, the decision on whether Jesus is getting crucified or not, is like, where do you come from? And this is what Jesus says. John chapter 19, verse 10 and 11, it says, Pilate goes, do you refuse to speak to me? Because Jesus is being quiet right now. He doesn't say anything. He says, don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Verse 11, Jesus answered, would you, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Hey, in other words, Pilate doesn't have the power. This is God's plan. The cross was a plan, right? Jesus experiencing injustice was a plan. And there was a tradition that in this point in time over the Jewish holiday, the government would release one prisoner who was set to death. They would release one to the people. So Pilate now stands on this audacious stage, holds the destiny of two men in his hands. Jesus, the son of God versus Barabbas, the murderer. Who do you want, he says. The people go, give us Barabbas. What has Jesus done except heal and restore, come to set the captive free, to see people walk again, the lame to walk, the blind to see? What has he done but love people, change lives, point people to the one, to the truth? And the people yell, give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer give us the thug and I can only assume, I don't know, but maybe Barabbas came down going, yeah, the people love me. Look at how cool I am. I'm off the cross. I ain't gonna die today that he can't get Barabbas today. So Barabbas is reunited with his thug buddies. I don't think at any point Barabbas turned around and was like, thank you, Jesus. I owe my life to you. No, I don't think Barabbas had any gratitude. I don't even think he knew that the son of God was truly standing next to him and was about to go up on the cross. Here's the reality. You and I are Barabbas. It's not our perfection. It's not our abilities. It's not our skills that got us off the cross that saved us. It's not any of that. It's not how good we are. It's not how perfect we show up, our, our church attendance. It's not our strength that gets us out of the valley or off the cross. It's the love of Jesus. It's the love of Jesus. If you spend any time with Jesus, you've had mountaintop experiences. I say this a lot, that on the mountaintop, we're gonna praise God, right? On the top of the mountain, that's where we get to celebrate God. We've had mountaintop experiences. If you follow Jesus, you've had some valley experiences and you're probably in that valley experience right now. But that valley, that, that valley season is where he saves us. That's where we grow closer to him. Do you know him? Like, not do you know of him, do you know him? 
Can you have the confidence like David to go, he is my shepherd. That in that valley season, I'm walking with him, that I'm following him, his footstep one after another until we're out of this season. Can you confidently look and go, he is my shepherd and I lack nothing. If you don't know him, can I give you that opportunity? Just bow your heads real quick. There's some of you who are walking through a valley of the shadow of death and there's uncertainty happening and you don't know where you're going and you don't know the decision you're gonna make and you're uncertain of what is coming next. If you're even able to provide, you're probably burnt out and really exhausted at what's happening in your life right now. Honestly, maybe you can't even keep up with the expectation of other people that they have put on you and you're battling and you don't know what to do next. If that's you, this is your moment. This is your chance. This is your time right here, right now. If you're in that season or you just wanna know the good shepherd, the shepherd that was with David, the shepherd that's in the valley with you right now, if you wanna know him, can you just raise your hand? This isn't for uh, anybody else. This is a moment between you and God right now. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for all the hands raised. Lord, you are the good shepherd. Lord, we've been doing it on our own for too long. Lord, it's not our strength. It's not our abilities. It's not our passions. It's not our talents that get us out of the valley or off the cross, Lord, but it's you. It's you. So we admit that we're sinners, that we've made mistakes, that we're not good enough to save ourselves, that we need you. So Lord, we ask right now that you would come into our lives, that we'd no longer have to do it on our own, Lord, but we would get to follow you. Lord, that you would lead us to the mountaintops and through the valleys, Father. Lord, and that you would get all the glory and all the praise. Lord, so come into our lives, change us and make me new. In your name we pray, amen.